God. Oh, my God, Dr. Paulus. Magnus! 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 following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. <laughs> they must be destroyed on sight! back it is they must be destroyed on site episode 186 and i am your host lee consumed by sea life russell and i'm joined by my co-host daniel the place you people call the triangle that is where he lives harper how you doing sir i'm just noticing how much i look like santa claus right now in the Mm. camera which no one can see my in this light um my beard looks very very white Kind of look like the uh, Rankin and Bass um, Santa Claus before he yeah. went all gray. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah somewhere yeah. between the lumberjack and the Santa Claus. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the lumberjack's probably more apropos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're actually doing a really weird one. This is the uh, last <laughs> of our selection of uh, films from Jeff Williams from his recommendations that we're going to be taking a look at here in this little series. Yeah, this is this is going to be the Bermuda Depths, and it's it's definitely a strange one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see how much we even have to say about this honestly mm-hmm. like i'm 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 kind of you know we'll, we'll, this might be kind of a babbling uh we go off on a lot of tangents one to fill a little bit of time uh frankly unless you've got a whole lot to say here because <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that we'll get to that hopefully we have 50 really interesting comments to respond to uh right now you know we'll we'll take up half the episode yeah we got a couple here okay, uh, okay. <clears throat> so we'll get right into it here our newest member on the Facebook group, David Wilt, and he's been leaving a bunch of comments since he joined up, and he just threw out a couple of uh, film recommendations here, possibly stuff we might end up putting our, on our list for next year when we go through our decade-by-decade uh, decade exploration. He recommended Return of the Living Dead. Sure. Uh, yeah, from the 80s. Tomcats, of all pictures, the uh, 2000... <laughs> I saw one. that one. I saw yeah. that one, yeah. It's like, um, yeah, we can certainly think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be the worst movie we've done. Pro- no, probably not. Uh, yeah. I do I, I do seem to recall that movie has Shannon Elizabeth. Has Shannon Elizabeth doing, like, dominatrix shit, I think. No, so, it's not know. her doing it. Oh, it's not her doing it? Okay, yeah. There's this redheaded chick doing it, which is 
why that also is kind of burdened sure. in my memory a little well, bit. Yeah. All right, fair enough. And then I seem to recall she brings her grandmother or mother or something into the like into the uh, situation. <laughs> and that's supposed to be the joke, right? Yeah. I actually kind of like Shannon Elizabeth. I always mm-hmm. felt like she she was unfairly maligned as being a bad actress, which what is what she is is like an okay actress for the kinds of things that she does, but also like improbably beautiful. And so, uh, uh, I think she kind of got typecast and, you know, she's just a hot chick. And also sadly her career probably went a little bit down the toilet because she wasn't taking her clothes off in any films since American pie. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, she, she did it earlier in her career and then just kind of stopped. And, you know, that was kind of the thing. Also, I believe she was a little bit older than a lot of like her, not to say she was old, but she was in her like mid twenties by the time she made American pie. So yeah. Anyway. Because she was acting before that. She she was actually on a... I can't believe I fucking remember this fucking show. <laughs> she, she, she was on an episode of Arliss. Do you remember that fucking show? I remember show? Arliss. Yeah. No, I remember... <laughs> I don't think I ever watched it, but I remember it. I remember it's a it. terrible show. I remember it being the butt of jokes on Conan O'Brien. Does that make sense? That like, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it it was a it was a really terrible shitty show. Wasn't it like he's a he's a, a TV um, producer? A, or... No, he was a he was a sports uh, agent. A sports agent. That was yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. And I remember an episode uh, that Shannon Elizabeth played like this uh, Czechoslovakian like uh, tennis prodigy that basically fucks Arliss to uh, like get a better deal with them and stuff. And this sounds like something that I would like to see, except whatever version of this we're actually seeing is probably uh, less interesting than the version of my head. Yeah, well, it's actually she's actually pretty hot in it. But the thing about Arliss is, I think it's almost impossible to fucking find anywhere. Right. Well, maybe that new HBO Max thing is gonna. Yeah, you know, she was born in 1973, so by 1999, when uh, American Pie was made, she's already like 27 years old, 26, 27 years old. Yeah. Which again, is not old, but she's not 19 like Mina Savari or whatever. Well, yeah. You know, some of the kids in that movie were literally like. 17 they could not be shown doing like any kind of sexual acts for like legal reasons yeah no she's quite good so well she's fine (laughs) i don't know we're talking about shannon elizabeth again uh although the actress in the movie kind of reminded me a little bit of shannon elizabeth so maybe you know i'm crossing my wires a little bit here so anyway yeah, uh, so moving on, uh, we have a comment from uh, Darren Wilson from the uh, yep. Psychosomatic Podcast, and he, he requested that we uh, do Arsenic and Old Lace. I, I, I've never seen it. We should do it, definitely. Yeah, and I uh, I told him we'll do it as long as he comes on the show. All right. Well, did you add it to our master list, Lee? I haven't gotten to the master list yet. I yeah, said yeah. I'd get to it. Uh-huh. ASAP, that equals having the time to sit down and actually do it. <laughs> that means sometime when daniel isn't bothering me about this and i'm not jerking off that's what that means that's right. pretty much it yeah, yeah no, I, get it. I mean i gotta i gotta put a lot of time aside for jerking <laughs> off <laughs> gotta remind myself to put don juan on the list <laughs> oh did you also see uh the, the picture he put in the uh in the facebook group uh which one it was a still from Dementia, and it had Rod Serling in it. Where we were talking oh, about. Oh yes, the, yes, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I love. I love it. I love it when our fans meme us. That's always great. Mm. 
Of course, they never go viral because no one listens to this podcast. But no, I mean Darren does it for better podcasts all the time. So I was flattered that he he took the time to actually do it for ours. So there we go. See, I don't I don't believe that I don't believe that's true because there is only one better podcast than this one. That's the other podcast that I do. Like these two podcasts are the best podcasts on the internet. Well, if you had I've a never Facebook... seen him meme that other one. Maybe if I had well, a Facebook page for yeah. the podcast. If you had a Facebook cast, he'd be making a bunch of funny Nazi memes for, for your <laughs> fucking for your. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm I'm literally just uh, riffing. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Comments here from Jeff Williams. First off, he says, Lee's right. If you watch any of the restored versions of Ed Wood films that William C. Thompson shot, you'll find he was a pretty decent cinematographer. Uh, Bride of the Monster looks particularly good. And that's the one where Bela Lugosi strangles himself with a big rubber octopus. So, <laughs> Awesome. Sounds yeah. great. Yep. And then he has a recommendation of the week. And this one is, I Don't Want to Be a Man from 1918. It says, rambunctious Aussie is tired of the societal constraints being put on her because of her gender, decides to disguise herself as a man so she can do as she pleases. An early Ernst Lubitsch comedy from Germany with a charming performance by Ozzy Oswalda. Hmm. Well, we we definitely need films from that era, so we'll almost certainly do that one. Yeah. Sometime yeah. in January, so, you know. We want the, uh, you know, and this is pre Hayes code, so I'm, I'm sure it's like just one of the guys. And well, it's in Germany. Shit. It's in yeah. Germany. So, like, the, the, I mean, A, it's only pre, like, it's, you know, it's pre sound. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And in Germany, like, you know. Um, I'm sure uh, Ozzy Oswald is going to have a pair of basketballs to cover her boobs yeah. up with when she's in the locker room. And I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to get straight up Weimar decadence in this film. That's mm. that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. All right. So that's that's it for the comments. And uh we can move on to what we've watched in the last little while. So uh I'll go to you first there, Dan. Sure. I actually watched this a couple of weeks ago and then meant to talk about it and then completely forgot it. Um <laughs> which is gonna tell you a lot. Uh it's the uh, Netflix film uh, In the Shadow of the Moon probably seen this in your mm-hmm. netflix recommendations uh, spoiler alert for something that can never be spoiled because you're going to know what's happening <laughs> immediately because uh, going into it you know it's a time travel story because they tell you it's a time travel story the whole thing is like there's this magic thing it's magic but it's technology it's whatever that allows someone to travel back in time on the night of a full moon which happens to be the exact same day which isn't how full moons work, but okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but nine years apart for, okay, anyway, there's magic shit going on with the moon and time travel. And so there's, uh, the movie starts in 1988. You know, as we move forward, there are like murders happening on the night of this like time traveler coming back. And immediately, not only have you, if you've seen a time travel movie before, but if you've seen a movie before, you will recognize <laughs> all of the plot points that are going to happen. Um, it's fairly well acted. Um, particularly the um the lead actress, the uh the time traveler is is yep. pretty good. There's a really interesting idea that it's sort of trying to work at, and that is you know the idea of you know killing people who are going to create a you know there's like this sort of again I'm spoiling it, but there's this like big Timothy McVeigh car bomb thing that supposedly happens in 2024 that uh, we see kind of the the remnants of at the beginning of the film, and then it kind of cuts back to 1988. But uh, the idea is, well, what if you killed the people who were 
most affected by this organization at the beginning. But it's not like, oh, let's go kill the leaders. It's like she does kill the leader, but also then it's just random murders. And it, it's really undercooked for something that's kind of got this big an idea in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's got a lot of moving parts, but they don't really go anywhere. And it's just kind of not compelling enough. I mean, I watched the whole thing. I kind of got to the end. And then there's like a twist ending which again you're gonna see coming a mile off if you're you know familiar with how stories work it's not very good i would not recommend it but it you know it's not even as long and uh, it's shot i mean it's well i would say it's shot pretty well but like the first like 30 minutes look very kind of like b-grade fincher you know mm-hmm. and then after that when there's a little bit more light and they're kind of outside it just kind of looks more generic it reminds me a lot of like a bunch of like b movies that i saw like in the 90s where it was like oh we got to go back and save kennedy or whatever you know it seems like mm-hmm. there was a lot of that kind of stuff and like kind of made for tv crime fiction and it sort of works on that level if you just don't think about it at all and you're just there was sort of a, like watching epi- it you know? <laughs> there was an episode of quantum leap that was yeah the where- episode of quantum leap where they they leap into lee harvey oswald yeah. is a thousand times better than the shadow of the moon and yeah. i have not seen that since since i mean i think i saw that last one it like originally aired <laughs> in, the, in the early 90s um so anyway i mean if you've got netflix you could watch this very easily it does have its pleasures um, but they are very, very mild, um, you know, and so uh, yeah, not I, really recommended. But I, yeah, I have seen this, and it it's dumb, but it it's, it is well made for like just how it looks and everything, like it right. modern cinema, sci-fi cinema by the numbers kind of thing. Like, well, I feel like they shoot it so that it's going to be like you know prestige television or like a prestige, like it's shot a little bit again that kind of David Fincher style well, in the it, beginning, it, and they kind of like they they tone everything down, and it's kind of acting really serious whereas i yeah. feel like what you need is a more b-movie aesthetic to really kind of push that but then netflix doesn't really do that unless they're doing something that's kind of openly parodic you know like it would seem mm-hmm. you know like the, because it's netflix it has to be it has to look like prestige television and this just doesn't like it just doesn't deserve that and, and by taking itself too seriously it kind of becomes a you know it's weighted down it becomes ponderous instead of like fun Yeah, it it starts out Fincher-esque serial killer cop uh, procedural thing, and then not even halfway through, it it switches right on its ass and turns into the Terminator, and it is basically what it is, and then then it's every sci-fi time travel cliche you can think of, Uh, but but you're, you're, you're... We're like 45 minutes into the movie before it goes like, she's moving backwards, but we're moving forwards, which like you would have realized during the first time period, you should have realized that when it's like, Oh, we found a bullet that you know, <laughs> the bullets from your gun. How, how is that possible? Like apparently he carries the same gun around for, you know, 45 years. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a service revolver. Like, I don't understand. Like, uh, what, like, again, do not think of, if you're going to watch the film, just don't think about it. Just don't, just don't think about it. Yeah. I, I like enjoyed it, but it was dumb. I knew everything that was going to happen. It was just like a turn-your-brain-off movie. But, yeah. One thing I'll mention, I don't know if you've watched any of this. Um, I started watching the uh, Watchmen series from HBO. I... I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. We can talk about it. I like it a lot. The thing is that I have, I have like, two frames of, like, reference on this. is people either like it a lot or detest it to the bottom of their soul. It's kind of one of those two things. And it's hard for me to know because the people I usually respect are on both sides of that, and people I don't respect are on both sides of that. So you know, uh, it's weird. Yeah, because it's 
it's definitely like it, it's it's a sequel to Watchmen in the sense that it's set in the same universe and it's set right. thirty years later. So you know there there is definitely stuff that ties back to the original Watchmen comic. It's not it's not a sequel to the film. It's it's a sequel to the comic book series, right? Or the uh, graphic novel series or whatever. Um, <laughs> but it's using that to tell a totally different story, like with new characters right. mm-hmm. and. It sort of uh, it sort of sparks from the uh, the Tulsa uh, Black Tulsa, Wall Street Tulsa race massacre of nineteen yeah, where yeah. like three hundred people were killed and the whole town was burnt down and shit yeah and it there's a great video about that from the uh, YouTuber Do Not Eat Zero One I can give you a link to that by the way okay. but yeah it it, it digs kind of deep into that stuff it like it uses the Watchmen to tell like different stories in the original source material definitely told yeah. uh and uh, although at the same time it kind of still does some of the same stuff the original watchman did sort of criticizing a lot of the same things i'm not going to spoil any of it though like i, I yeah. just say I, i'm really I've, I've seen i've seen some spoilers around i really do intend to watch it um i've just i do the, i'm doing the thing that i always do and like not watching it until after the uh, uh the hub up is got over from mm-hmm. it you know but um yeah, but um, no, I really liked it. I'm, I was, I've been really surprised by how thoughtful it actually is. Like, it, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't feel uh, exploitive to me. Although, you know, it's definitely made for a, a different audience, which is partially why I think maybe there's a lot of criticism of it because it's the, I think a lot of the criticism might be from the sort of fanboy side of things. I, I would imagine. I kind of get the sense that people who are like really big fans of the comic don't really like where some of it goes and don't really mm-hmm. like kind of the some of the editorial decisions. Yeah. And I get the sense that like, you know, it is again that kind of prestige TV model. And so it has to have certain elements and that people feel like mm. it's not necessarily answering the questions. It's right. Like it, it's more kind of mystery, but that's, I, I can't talk to that. That's just kind of the impression it, I'm getting from the conversation. It is very ambiguous. And, and the, the showrunner for, for yeah, the, it's for the guy this, who did lost, right? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, leftovers lost too. I think. Oh, did he do lost too? I don't know, um, but it, but it is very ambiguous. It's it's definitely not as shitty as Lost was. Um, <laughs> yeah, Damon Lindelhoff. Okay, yeah, I don't he know. Lost. Did yeah. he? Oh, okay, uh, I I just always associate J.J. Abrams with Lost or whatever. Yeah, J.J. Abrams kind of did the was like the producer, kind of did like the oh, okay. pilot, and then handed it off to this other guy. So you know, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I I enjoyed it. I. I think it's quite excellent. Like if if you want to just like watch a bit of fluff and enjoy, enjoy yourself, watch the Mandalorian. If you want something a bit deeper with interesting characters and it goes interesting places. And yes, it is ambiguous in certain areas, but it's not that ambiguous. Like it's not just full on like David Lynch, like try to figure this out, motherfucker. Uh, it's, it's not quite that. Right. So, um, I haven't been. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. It's, it's definitely taking the uh, the source material and using it in ways that the movie never did, and mm-hmm. from what I hear, the uh, comic book sequels never did too. I've so. heard those comic book sequels are absolutely atrocious. So you know, yeah, yeah. So, but all right, fine, I'll watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's about it. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna have some podcast promos and a little bit of music, and we're gonna come back and talk about another thing that's very ambiguous and and weird. And uh, <laughs> well, we'll we'll see what we think of it.
broadcasting from the cursed earth, the psychosemanticast. Let us face without panic the reality of our time, the fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities, and let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew it. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. How about throwing a little beach party for yourself and letting these people to get to know you oh so better? Hey kids, it's me, your good friend Alistair, here to tell you about a wonderful movie podcast called Get Soft with Dr. Snuggles. What happens is, every two weeks, the love of my life, Siobhan, and I are joined by a cast of friends, family, internet weirdos, and special guests to guide you through the wild and woolly world of erotic thrillers and softcore films. Everything from alien abduction, intimate secrets, to Zarita, Passions Avenger, and all points in between. Check it out now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's that horrid man talking about?
Okay, The Bermuda Depths from 1978, and uh, this is directed by uh, Suganubu Kotani, written by Arthur Rankin Jr. and William Overgaard, and of course Arthur Rankin Jr. is from Rankin Bass, and if you don't know who they are, then... You didn't maybe grow you're... up in North America watching uh, Christmas television. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you didn't grow up in North America. Or you did haven't grown up in North America until like maybe the last 15, 20 years. Maybe? Don't they still air those things though? They like, do, but I, I feel like I feel like all the ranking and bass omnipresent in my childhood. Like they just air it every year, right? You know, all the yeah. Rudolph the Rendo's reindeer and the you know like all that stuff. Like you know, they they aired those you know incessantly. Through yeah, the Christmas I, season. I just I just feel like Rankin and Bass is probably more synonymous from the sixties to about the nineties is where they were mm. just making a shit ton of stuff because they were doing they were doing all the stop motion animated productions. So all the all the Christmas stuff, they had the Mad Monster Party, they had all kinds of other things like that. They did a bunch of TV movies, and mostly it's all focused on kids. They did the first Hobbit right. adaptation, and then they did the Return of the King from Lord of the Rings. They've done like a bunch of Thundercats. They did some animated stuff, right? Yeah, kinda... they, they did Thundercats. <laughs> 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 right but yeah this is this is a this is a co-production with them like this is back when uh abc movie of the week was like a big fucking thing right in the 1970s right. right yeah so they did they did this co-production deal with Subaraya productions who are known for doing ultraman i mistakenly mentioned in previous episodes it was toho um oh, you I just bastard got, yeah racist you racist bastard I just, all, you know, just all assume. Japanese film studios are the same. Did Kurosawa direct this? You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I see you like the like the moth meme, you know, like the butterfly meme, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's and it's the Bermuda Devs, and you're like, is this Kurosawa? <laughs> <laughs> Get on that, Darren Wilson. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but uh, so this this production pairing uh, with the same director, they made the Last Dinosaur in 1977, and mm-hmm. they also made the Ivory Ape from 1980, which is apparently a Jack Palance film where he's hunting an I, ivory ape. I would definitely be interested in what, based on what we see here, I would be interested mm-hmm. in seeing those. I'm not saying this is a good film, but I am saying <laughs> I'm interested in seeing those. I'm not saying this is a bad film. <laughs> anyway, we we're, we 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 will we will uh, get there in a minute. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so going through the cast here, uh, we have uh, Leigh McCloskey uh, as Magnus Dins. What a fucking name to <laughs> come up with for somebody! Like, what the fuck? I don't even get this. But um... <laughs> we need our our all American blonde Aryan hero. That's that's gonna be you know kind of kind of like an everyman who gets himself involved in this mystical plot involving a magic girl and her like pet turtle that mm-hmm. grows up to giant size. What are we gonna name him? Magnus Dens. Yeah, yeah I that's, guess that's what we need. Yeah. Um, but he was he's also been in uh, Dario Argento's Inferno. Um, he's been in a couple of sex comedies as well. He was in one oh, we yeah. covered, uh, Hamburger the Motion Picture. He was in that, <laughs> and he was also in Just One of the Guys which I mentioned, and he was in Fraternity Vacation. So he had this little minor little string of sex comedies. He's done a bunch of TV, I see, as well. So he's had a career. Yeah, awesome. Then we, we, have, should, uh, we should add some of those to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Who's in Hamburger the Movie? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, I think he was probably one of... Was, was he the main male guy in that, I think, maybe? If not, he was just some minor character then, probably. But Yeah, uh, probably. But uh, then we have Carl Weathers. He's been in stuff. 
<laughs> he's certainly in this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll say oh, that. Yeah, yeah, he's the main guy in Hamburger the movie. God, I can't believe I didn't recognize him, but uh, you know, that's fine. Yeah, so Carl Weathers needs no introduction, really. I mean, yeah, I Rob- mean, clearly, clearly, everyone will remember him from uh, the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's uh, the I, only thing anybody would know him from. Connie Seleka is Jenny Hanover, and and she's in the uh, probably best known for the doing a lot of TV. Like uh, yep. she was in the Greatest American Hero with uh, William Katz, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of it. <laughs> um, yeah, she did. I mean, she had a long TV career, but it was like mm-hmm. a long TV career, you know. And then she did a few movies, and she is very attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like. She is a model. Yes, that is that is indeed, you know, her role. But like it's it's unusual for models like that to have a, you know, 20 year TV career as well. So, you know, she's yeah. she's clearly got some talent there. She's done well for herself. Uh Julie Woodson is Dushan and she her claim to fame is being a Playboy playmate. And this is her only big acting role. She had a couple other minor roles, but this is basically it for her. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably say that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is Deshaun in this? She's uh, Carl Weathers' wife. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, and I'd, I'd probably say the worst act, actor in this film. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's, I, clearly she made a huge impression on me. So yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, it's like really her only role, so you can't really say much. Then we have uh, Ruth Attaway as Delia, and then we have Burl Ives. Uh, singer and actor, best supporting actor nomination or win, I believe, in the Oscars at one point for something. Yeah, for the in the fifties, I think. I know him from uh, Samuel Fuller's White Dog, and he, of course, he also did a bunch of stuff with Rankin and Bass. He's he's the in big the country, the big country, nineteen fifty-eight. Ah, there you go. Um, but he's all he also did stuff with Rankin and Bass. He's like the narrator for a couple other things. I think he's in Frosty the Snowman. He was the voice of uh, he was the voice of one of the snow creatures, right? Like so. Mm. Yeah, he yeah, was Sam the Snowman in the. He was uh, a narrator of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. There so. you go. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, and he's also in this film. Uh, him, <laughs> yes. he and Carl Weathers are like. Fuck it, man. We gotta. We fucking gotta go for it. We, yeah. <laughs> we don't gotta, have gotta, gotta make that paycheck. <laughs> uh, and uh, fortunately for all of us, Burl Ives wears uh, more clothes than Carl Weathers does. Yeah, so, you know. he's he's very. We're very gonna con- talk about this. We're gonna we're gonna have yes. a long conversation. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I I do believe. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we have a synopsis here from TV Holic on IMDb. Traumatized orphan college dropout Magnus Dens returns to Bermuda to find the cause of his father's mysterious death years before. At the Bermuda Biological Station, he finds Eric and Dr. Paulus, friends and colleagues of his late father, and joins them on a quest for gigantic sea creatures. He also meets Jenny Hanover, a mysterious young woman who was once his only childhood friend. Dr. Paulus's housekeeper, an island local, warns Magnus that Jenny is dangerous. The beautiful but vain young woman had sold her soul with the devil centuries before and lives forever young, deep in the waters of the Devil's Triangle, a.k.a. Bermuda Triangle. Nobody heeds the folklore and the researchers trap the giant sea turtle, setting the stage for a deadly confrontation with both minions of the devil. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's... That's not a. T- that's actually a pretty good summary. If you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna try to summarize this, and uh, I love the fact that it, just like the film, completely elides all of the things that make no sense. And <laughs> this is very nearly to just Franco levels of incoherence, right? 
but without that kind of mad demented spin that Jess Franco would put on it, like, uh, you know, so, so Mm -hmm. I guess we should, I guess we should get into this, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, what's your sort of initial thoughts on this? (laughs) I mean, like this was kind of sold to me as like, Oh, giant sea turtle movie. And I'm like, all right, great. Giant sea turtle movie. I'm down giant sea turtle. You get like, 48 frames of the giant sea turtle. <laughs> like, I mean, there's just not much giant sea turtle in the giant sea turtle movie. Most of the time you spend, well, you know, the, the sort of the main through line from the beginning is just sort of coming back to the island and getting reacquainted with my childhood friend who's now a supermodel mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. But also, like, when he first re meets her, or like, kind of, there's this shot where like she's a child and then like he keeps cutting back to him and she's a child and then she's an adult and she's a child and she's an adult and it's just kind of like, this is very confusing because you're making me think that I'm sexually attracted to an 11 year old. Um, That's, it's know. very, it's very weird, isn't it? Because the, the housekeeper woman, like the old woman, she, she mentions that apparently Jenny's, she, she's sort of become the spirit of the ocean right. or something well, like. We get the backstory where like apparently like she's on this ship and she's about to die in like mm-hmm. 1720 or whatever. And as the ship's going down, she like whispers to the ocean and like prays to, the bee, the beast below or whatever mm-hmm. and become like, which I thought was going to be like, Oh, the turtle is giant because it's this ancient beast or whatever. But no, the turtle is, you know, a creature that they found, you know, 20 yeah. years ago. And it's just, yeah. I mean, you know, like none of this really makes any sense. None of this has, a, it doesn't have any kind of, in, I guess it has sort of vague internal consistency, except he meets her as a child, but then she's supposed to be adults kind of when she gave herself to the sea and well, so it's unclear, like maybe maybe she did can shape shift or whatever. Like I I don't know. Yeah, you they, know. they do the the old housekeeper woman, she she gets a little bit into the actual folklore tale and mentions that Jenny Hanover can appear as a child or a woman or mm-hmm. as whatever to different people okay. for different occasions. So it is explained, but very just throwaway line explained right. kind of thing, right? And there's then there's no sense of like does she actually care about this guy? Like you sort of get, they, Oh, they were friends. They hung out for a summer Mm -hmm. in, you know, like 15 or 20 years earlier. And so now, and yet there's no, and (laughs) maybe this is like kind of a performance thing, but you know, we really don't get a sense of, you know, why, you know, why, like why, why I'm supposed to care. Except like you came back to, well, you know, our, our two our two leads are kind of like, I came back to the small town and I met the, the pretty girl and now she's a hot babe. And we're going to go talk about her childhood in the 18th century. Like, that's that's the thing that we're going to do. Yeah, like, she's kind of presented as kind of, like it's sort of half Little Mermaid. It's also kind of like half just whatever sort of water nymph kind of legend. Right. And, and most, most of those sort of revolve around, like, the spirit of a young woman that drowns men or whatever. And, and I mean, it, and it depends on whether whatever sort of interpretation or whatever culture it comes from, but usually it either the spirit is actually malevolent and is actually actively trying to drown men or it's doomed and lonely. And that's kind of, I think what this movie sort of pushing towards. It's like, sure. Yeah. It, it just happens that Magnus is the latest dude that it, that she's been like, you know, trying to get a hold of or whatever. There, there's probably like a thousand Magnuses that she's like right. seduced and drowned over the years or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I feel like, I feel like for a while I was, is she in the turtle kind of a, like a, like the same creature. Yeah. Like she goes back to the ocean and she becomes the giant turtle. 
And then, you know, that's, you know, like, I don't know. I just kind of, my brain kept wandering because (laughs) what we're presenting with on screen is so interminably boring for the most part. Yeah, it really is. It's it's so much setup. It's so much setup. Like maybe with ads, you know, like I feel like maybe (laughs) if it was being interrupted every eight minutes to show, to to sell me Coca-Cola and beer and Frito chips or whatever. And I don't usually say that. And it's not like it's an unpleasant experience, but it's just so like going through the motions until the Mm -hmm. last few minutes, you know? Um, And, and there's so much like, I just wish it would kind of make sense or give me something to kind of sink my teeth into, you know? Um, Yeah. Cause it also, it also like presents a scientific edge to it too because i mean right. it involves these scientists are investigating why all these giant animals and stuff have been like showing up in the bermuda triangle right so and, yeah, then and they... supposedly this is like the answer to the bermuda triangle is yeah no there's no like magnetic anomaly it's not ufos it's giant sea turtle it's destroying ships in the bermuda triangle i think they're trying to make a point that there's the the god of the sea or whatever that she gave herself to is real so right. there, there's almost like a lovecraft angle mm-hmm. to this as well to an extent where it's like this evil force that's beyond our understanding is actively mutating creatures in the Bermuda triangles there there might be like a score of giant turtles out there i feel like 30 seconds after the credits roll cthulhu arises from the darkness <laughs> yeah, or something, you know, like... Uh, also should mention i mean yeah this this film makes no sense so so one of the big things is that the turtle ends up being the the turtle that they watch hatch on the beach or Uh whatever and they sort of let watch grow up over the summer or whatever the fuck Uh, which is which the obvious thing that you're going to immediately think and yet like it's presented as this like big revelation at the at the end of the film yeah you know like but uh he he carves he carves a heart with their initials in it on the turtle (laughs) and it it, it exponentially grows, grows, grows on the turtle, right. which it shouldn't happen. That's not how growth works. That's just no. not how cells divide. That just does. That's not how it works. It's mm. not. And, and by the way, you, 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 you nasty little fucker, uh, fucking digging into a turtle shell like when it's so... soft and it's a newborn, fucking like that's a. I mean, that's serial killer shit right there. <laughs> it really <Yeah>. is. <laughs> like it's a good thing that's not like a leatherback turtle or something like that. You know, like fucking yeah, yeah you, you're you're dick. Magnus Dens, you deserve all the bad things that happen to you. I mean, I have a fondness for turtles myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things. I'm not like a hardcore, like, you know, teratologist or whatever, but I like turtles. And this was definitely did not give me enough turtle content for that's, like. That's the thing. It's like, this is the studio that did fucking Ultraman and they've done, you know, like giant cryptid monsters and it's like they're trying to take it seriously. Again, the same problem mm-hmm. as the, the other, the other side of the moon or whatever. I, Whatever. In the shadow of the moon. That was the movie. Yeah. I was doing the other side of the wind, only, you know, with the moon. <laughs> if John Houston walked into that movie drunk. <laughs> John Houston. I'm John Houston. now. <laughs> and they cut it. They cut like every, you know, every, all the scenes are like cut together from the various time periods mm-hmm. and in like various film stocks. And, uh, you know, yeah, sorry. O- that would have been o- a way better version. It'd be like Oja Katara is coming back in time and killing. <laughs> Let's make that and killing and killing the critics that made fun of Orson Welles's movies. <laughs> Let's make that movie. Shit, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh yeah, Kodar, um, call us. Trust us, we can make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah yeah so the. 
you can't go into this movie expecting it to make sense. Uh, yeah. And the the turtle, we need more turtle because the fucking turtle's awesome. Like it yeah. looks great. That's the thing. It does look. I mean, you know, this is obviously sort of that Jaws era ripoff sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? That's fine. I have no problem with that. Like rip, rip off. It was it was the biggest movie of all time at the time. You know, like yeah. well, by this point, I've been superseded by Star Wars. But you you know what I mean. It's like one of the biggest movies ever made. It was the big thing everybody's chasing. Give us the Jaws formula, but give us you know <laughs> the Jaws shark didn't work, and so they don't show it very much. But your prop looks amazing, so mm-hmm. give us the fucking prop. I want to see that turtle like chewing people alive. Yeah, you know, I want to see that turtle destroy shit because that's a great looking turtle. I mean, they make they make all these fucking notions towards Moby Dick, and they at one point they mentioned that Carl Weathers is like all of a sudden he's falling under this Ahab psychosis or whatever the fuck, right. where you know he's like determined to kill this thing. I mean, I would have full on, I would have had Carl Weathers' fucking dead body harpooned to that fucking turtle coming out of the ocean to give us that money shot and just dead lying on the fucking turtle and then going back down, you know. Like I mean, maybe, they did it. maybe the problem is that it's a TV movie and so they can't quite go there, or maybe <laughs> like you know, Rankin just you know, like couldn't get out of the kids' movie mindset, I and think. so it's just blunted. I do feel like as long as we're on Carl Weathers, like he's actually he's very good here. Like first of all, like I well, think he's. Well, let me ask you a serious question here. Okay. Daniel. Okay. Ask How many serious. stews do you think Carl Weathers got out of this shoot? I hope he got a lot of stews. <laughs> out of this shoot. I was, I was, um, I was going to avoid that joke because I kind of dug, dr- uh, uh, put it in the ground last mm. week. But um, it's fine. It's fine. All <laughs> Uh, I was much more interested. I mean, I am interested in how many stews Carl Weathers made. You know, like turtle stews in particular. Turtle stews, I yeah. imagine he was just out there, like getting into character, doing a method acting thing, just digging into fucking turtles, like with a with a with a switchblade or something. You know, just like straight. <laughs> not even with like a hunting knife. Like he was just pulling out like like kitchen knives, or whatever, stabbing turtles, killing them, and then turning them into stews. That that's that's my that's what I think Carl Weathers was doing to prepare for this role. And then anyway. he got on then he got on set and he's like, "Wait, this isn't an Italian shoot, so I actually can't kill a turtle on this." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> but I mean, and then so- and then they show him his wardrobe. <laughs> and this is <laughs> Well, he's in he's in rocky shape here, right? This so is, no, he looks great. There's no like I am not in any way criticizing Carl Weathers or the choice to use well, the fact that like you're you're one like black man in this movie is half naked for 75% of his role. Um even when he's dressed, he's wearing crop tops. And like the crop top was a very specific era in uh American mm-hmm. fashion. Um and this wasn't quite it. But uh you know it's fine. I'm not this, uh... you know, like he looks fine in the crop top. He's doing his job, but man, this man spends a whole lot of time naked. Or very, naked. very few men would wear a crop top like that outside of like a gay fitness club in this era. I'd say no, no. probably there and... was an attempt to bring it back a, like a year or two ago. It was oh, was there? Thing. Yeah, no, yeah, but I mean. He, like I, like I said, he's in rocky shape, so he's got the abs to show that shit off. So yeah, no. like he's doing it, and yeah, he's uh, he's all over the place. Like he's 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 fucking he's chewing the scenery half the time. I mean, uh, it, it, it like he knows he's got nothing to work with in this film. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> 
So he's just chewing up scenery like halfway <laughs> through the film. He's not just chewing the scenery, he's making a stew out of the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a he's got a bone here. He's, he's gonna, gonna make a stew. He's gonna out of pull it. a piece of the scenery off instead of chewing it. He's literally working it into a stew and then carrying a harpoon on his shoulder. Like this movie literally has harpoon on his shoulder. This 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 fucking movie has so little on it that it literally is that bone that <laughs> that he shows in Arrested Development. Yep. It's like I make a stew out of that. <laughs> That's Carl Weathers' acting style. Mm-hmm. I will make a stew out of this terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like fucking bless him. He, he he's fucking awesome. He's the best yeah. thing in this film. He's he so is. good. He is by far the best thing. <laughs> I don't know. Burl Ives is pretty good. I really like seeing him in this. But you know, I, I like Burl Ives is basically cranky old scientist. Yeah, I love when they're fighting, and it's like you know, <laughs> because uh, Carl Weathers is like kind of gone off, and he's like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna catch this turtle. I I'm Ahab. Look at me, you know, go for the white whale, which is really just a turtle with the initials carved in it, whatever. Yeah. And then Burl Ives is like, no, we're supposed to bring it back alive. And he's like, no, I'm going to go get it with or, with or without you. Well, you're doing it without me. Okay, fine. I'm going to go do it without you then. And then, like, that's the last we hear that. So Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, and then Burl Ives has a change of heart. And he's like, well, you know. Maybe there's something to this mystical bullshit. Let's get a helicopter and go check this shit out. <laughs> right. That doesn't end well for him. The fucking no, the turtle jumps out of the sea and headbutts the helicopter. And uh, that's when we get to the bad effects in this film. Yes. <laughs> when yes. we get to ghost galleon level fucking, <laughs> fucking tugboat in a tub. Yeah, uh, well, effects. you know. It's a made for TV movie. The, uh, I've... I'm sure there was plenty See, of made if, for TV this movies. Is, this is the moment where, like, if Jess Franco made this, he would have just cut to a shot of lesbians instead. And then that's, the, know, that's the thing. That's what that's is the thing. He would have been like, he would have been like, you know, okay, turtle needs to attack a helicopter. We got like, you know, things in a tub to distract you from the terrible effect. Uh, we're also going to have lesbians. We're just going to intercut to lesbians. Well, I mean, and if this was if this was a Jess Franco movie. Yeah. Uh, a, a, the plot would make even less sense. It would, yes. Yeah. But Jenny, but... <laughs> Jenny would not ahead. only be like a like cursed mer half mermaid thingy mm-hmm. woman, she'd be like this uh total lesbian succubus as well. So she wouldn't only just be going after a uh, Magnus. Actually, she'd probably be bored by Magnus. He'd be obsessed with her, but she'd be she'd be like, "No, I want to I want to fuck Carl Weathers' wife." <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. No, I want to fuck Carl Weathers' wife, and I'm going to fuck Carl Weathers to get to her. Exactly. And then this Magnus guy, he's just in my way. He's Magnus gonna, would be done for from the beginning. He's know, just going like, to land. He's going to land a beach cucked in his fedora. Well, he'd like, be the first victim. Carl Weathers <laughs> would be the real hero. My yeah. God, Jess Franco, why did you not direct this? This is a much better version. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot more you could do with this uh, this material. But at the same time, it's just so I can't think of a movie I've watched in the last while that was both so boring in stretches but at the same time so kind of fascinating and just how like weird it was Mm -hmm. and so i mean that's that's something to say for it i think uh like i i I kept watching even even in parts where it's like oh this is 1970s tv movie and let's move it along a little bit i was still like you know what there's some cool shit here like it sort of jumps between horror and fantasy and it's you know it's giving you a little bit of jaws it's giving you a little bit of i don't know if you know the movie night tide or not Mm -hmm. um it's it's an early Dennis Hopper film where he's like no. falls in love with a mermaid and it makes him crazy and shit. It's it's um, the prequel to Waterworld. Got it. 
guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, they just try for a lot of shit here, and a lot of it doesn't stick, but um, I still kind of liked it. I did, you know, and I, I, I feel like I'm not even really shitting on this as much as I'm just kind of snarking at it a bit. I mean, yeah. it is for the thing that it is made for TV movie 1978. I can imagine being, you know, 12 years old sitting down in front of the TV at 7 p.m. and watching mm-hmm. the ABC movie, you know, with and like eating dry cereal or whatever. Like I could, I could <laughs> see this being like, you know, sort of the the fun movie, and it's got like a little bit of sex it's got you know some some cool like people doing things it's got you know like it just needs more turtle that's the yeah you that's, know, the thing, that's, yeah. that's the problem you know um so yeah no weird thing i don't know it, i do feel like a lot of times with these we we do watch them completely out of their original context mm-hmm. i watched it on my laptop from a digital file produced from the internet archive you know and you know just kind of sat and watched it all in one go with no ads or anything. And that's not how this was ever intended to be consumed. And, so, and I mean, to be fair, this was never really intended to be consumed again after it's airing. Right, exactly. The, yeah. this, this would have aired once and then been completely forgotten, you know? Yeah. And so I also, I also want to mention, I think the score is really good in this. I like the score a lot in this. Um, I also, it's got a harpoon firing bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it if it had more of that, <laughs> it might be really good. <laughs> more turtle, more bazooka, more tits. That's the, yeah, and uh, additional lesbians, like lesbians yeah. added. You know, so yeah. I will mention uh, just one little piece of trivia here that uh, Jenny Hanover is actually a real thing. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah, the sort of Jenny Hanover is basically a name of uh, the carcass of a ray or skate that has been modified by hand and dried, resulting in a mummified specimen intended to resemble a fantasyful fictional creature such as a demon or a dragon. So it's, it's kind of like a tourist trap kind of thingy where it's like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. look at look at this Ginny Hanover that I have. That's uh, you know, it's like a it's it's the mummified corpse of like a sea nymph or whatever. You know, <laughs> this feels like like Cockney rhyming scheme. Uh... Rhyming, sorry, cotton <laughs> rhyming, a uh, slang or whatever. Yeah, like it feels like yeah. I got to get that Jenny Hanover over here. You know, like, yeah, you want you, <laughs> you want to hand it over like Jennifer Jennifer Hanover or something like that. You know, or, yeah. yeah, you know, um, yeah, starving like Lee Marvin. Yeah, um, I mean, it's filmed in Bermuda and like Bermuda looks uh, great. Obviously, it, know, it, like, it looks. I mean, the film looks pretty good, you know, for this, a, you know TV movie made nineteen seventy eight. You know, Panic. This scan. is yeah. This is what is what makes me think this would be worthy of like some if someone could get a hold of the masters from Warner Archive and just do like a Blu Ray of it, just just for the fuck of it, just because it looks like it looks really good. If it was yeah. you know, cleaned up, um, currently all you can get this in is you know, either online sources or the Warner archive burn on demand DVDR. And that's kind of like why all the online sources you have are basically either ripped from that or someone's VHS from like the 1980s or something, you know? Uh, so that's why they all well, kind of look like shit. I will say usually um, something, usually movies like this don't end up in the internet archive unless they are out of copyright. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't look at the sort of copyright information, but the fact that it's there kind of implies that, you know, that's a pretty, that's pretty good evidence that nobody's going to really care about this movie ever again. Like, you know, cause yeah, you can't yeah. make money off of it, you know? So, yeah, no, I mean, like you can still, you can still get it from Warner archive. Yeah. Like you can still get the burn on demand. So, I mean, if you, if you really want it, you can get it. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's a great, 
film, but I think it's interesting enough to like recommend, just sort of base recommend. If if you're if you're kind of interested in weirdness <laughs> and and you and you want to see something or, more weird or mostly naked Carl Weathers, yeah. You know? If if you're who, if you're into Carl Weathers, who is who probably wears short shorts quite often in the film. Um, I mean, he, he he was probably one of the sexiest men in the 1970s at this point. Like this is kind of peak Carl Weathers, right? I mean, he's 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 the more um, rugged Billy D. Williams, I'd say, <laughs> kind of thing. So I mean. I mean, he's jumping all over the place and doing shit in this film. Like, yeah, he's no, shooting, no. A, shooting a fucking harpoon bazooka, motherfucker. Like, Billy Dee Williams ain't doing that shit. He, I'm going to say, watching this, I did keep wondering when uh, Mike Nelson and the robots were going to show up in the corner. <laughs> like, it did feel very... And that's... I know that you and I have different opinions. Like, I have a fondness for MST3K, and I know that mm-hmm. you hate it with a burning passion. And that's fine. We could disagree on that. But I did sort of think, like, this is definitely the sort of movie I would have seen... With through the MST3K I'm really you know. fucking surprised they haven't. Right. Like, that that I I think it's just as it's obscurity is the sole reason. Right. Right. Yeah. No. So, yeah. 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 But they did a movie, um, Devilfish, which is very similar to this, <laughs> but even worse, like much much worse than this uh, from from 1973. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So God, is this our shortest episode? This feels really short for us. <laughs> I think. I think we padded it out enough, and all once right, I put right. the music in, we'll we'll have sure. like a solid hour here. I say right. so. Uh, yeah, no, we're good. Um, <laughs> I, so uh, I'm not exactly 100 sure what we're doing next week. It kind of depends on uh, if we on get scheduling. Jack- yeah, yeah, or well, no, scheduling's fine. Schedule is good throughout the entire month for me, so we're we're good there. We it was suggested by our friend Jack that we go back to Sherlock Holmes and do the uh, Blue Carbuncle. For a sort of Christmas episode, because that's a kind of a Christmassy uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, tale. So that might be what we're doing. If not, we'll we'll think of something in the interim, and uh, we'll let you know on the Facebook group. So on the Facebook group, yep, that's yeah. the way to do it. Uh, so Daniel, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Daniel Lee Harper. Um, that's my name. That's where to find me. Uh, I do another podcast uh, I mentioned it earlier, but um, and I can't imagine you're listening to this and you haven't heard that. And in fact, even that line I've said so many times that I'm tired of saying it. I just got to speak German, talk about Nazis. Uh, Nazis don't like me because I talk about the things that they say when they think no one's listening. And um, that's a pretty good show, I think. So go yeah. check it out if you're curious. If you found me through the podcast I recorded about an obscure TV movie from 1978 and said, that guy clearly knows what's going on with 21st century white nationalism. Uh, today's today's your lucky day. Well, I mean, Carl Weathers sporting his abs and wearing all white almost throughout half this movie is, is definitely probably some sort of socio-political statement. I right? was not even going to talk about the racial <laughs> dynamics of the film, honestly. I just, just like I could, but I chose not to, and that was, that was a pure decision just to kind of keep this light. But there is some deeply uncomfortable racial shit in this movie. Also, I should just say that. But you, know. you hear that, Jack Graham? Uh, you guys are going to be doing the Bermuda Depths on I Don't Speak German <laughs> at some point. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> I can only imagine. You know, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. Uh, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, or you can find our Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook links. Join the Facebook group. Best way to find out what's coming up on the podcast. 
get in touch with us, make recommendations, all that good shit. Um, yeah, uh, but until then, we're you know we're we're done the uh, Jeff Williams series for now, and uh, we're going to be closing out the year with something, uh, and you know our best of lists or whatever too at the end of the month. So, uh, and we're going to have a guest on that show, by the way. I'm lining up uh, Cameron Sullivan, a uh, longtime contributor to the Facebook group. I invited him on to uh, show up on that show if he can. So uh, awesome. that's potentially well, you there. Can't, you shouldn't tease a guest that we don't have uh, like locked, locked down there. You might I think we got it. I think we got it locked down. I think we got it locked down. Cameron better fucking show up or he's banned from the group. I mean, that's just kind of what it's, you know. Yeah, he's not banned from the group. We're not <laughs> yeah but uh until then uh thank you daniel thank you everyone for listening and we will be back again when we're back goodbye cheers is she a poem of the sea a sailor's reverie Shadow of the deep Jenny And if I doubt that she is real Then what is it I feel It makes me so in love Jenny
You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.